the Endless Quest, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast, where I play the world's greatest role-playing game with my brothers and my dad. Today with me, I have the standard three players who you've come to know and possibly tolerate, maybe not love, but like. Uh, we have, on my left, David playing Cedric, and in the middle, Nathan playing Reese, and over here, Eric playing Diego. And as always, the voice behind the mic, I'm Isaac, and I'm the Dungeon Master. The one and only. We're gonna get right back to it. Last time we left off, our heroes were facing a mysterious path through the unseen ways between worlds. We don't really know much about this road that they had took, but thanks to the favor of Gideon the Green, who said he was an Arkfey, powerful being from the Woodland Realms and from the dimension known as the Feywild, he had taken pity, favor, we don't really know his motives, though they suspected that he had a little more to him than they would have guessed. Whatever the reason, Gideon the Green helped them by accessing this portal and the extra-dimensional road that could hopefully shave off a lot of time from their journey to Fort Wrath. However, it seems like everything has a catch, because even though they were safe on the road, they encountered a strange pack of wolves, one of which seemed to be able to speak telepathically with the mind of Diego Steelstorm. Diego began having other weird experiences. He heard these wolves, he saw a gate on the edge of the road, and upon entering this gate, even though his companions, or one of his companions in specific, advised him explicitly not to, he decided to go in anyway and face his destiny. So now Diego Steelsworn, after encountering a magical statue, which gave him a vision of destiny, promising glory if he would only endure the suffering that was needed to make him a true champion. He's taken the sword, which calls itself King's Fall, and now he stands ready to pit his might against two massive wolves, which have confronted him and potentially the rest of the party. So, with that said, let's roll initiative. Alrighty. I need everyone to roll initiative, regardless of how you plan on acting in this situation. No, so I need to think of a theme song 17 for Cedric. Diego. I have a theme music for Cedric. So no, I mean like Diego. a theme song with words. I got a words? 10. I'm still waiting on the reskilled and rap. 20. <laughs> <laughs> Not this again. So, uh, let me get that down. We have a 17 for Diego, a 20 for Reese, and what was that for Cedric? 10. 10. Okay. Let's roll for the wolves. That's pretty middle of the road. Okay. That's even worse. So it looks like Diego might have the edge. He might have to jump on these guys. We'll see how that plays out during this fight. So Diego has to fight these wolves. How did the threat uh, present itself? Present itself, yeah. Materialize so, is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. All of the wolves had started in unison howling while you were having this vision, and then you snapped out of it. You took the sword, and when you turned around, two wolves, one of them was the inky black wolf, and the other one was the metallic white wolf, and they both came out of the pack and said to you, prove yourself worthy. Okay. All right. So Diego, um, feels the heft of this sword, and it feels good. It feels like it belongs to him in some sort of way, but not completely. Um, he's a little hesitant of how to exactly use and wield this particular weapon. So, but he does what most warriors would do. Um, faced with enemies ahead, he puts that to the side and gets into fighting mode. And so, he grips the, the hilt, uh, tightly. And he rolls a, an 18 to hit with his, um... King's Fall Longsword. Alright. So and that's then, going to be... Oh, he, he strikes at, uh, let's say, the, the metallic white wolf. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a hit. Okay. So, you easily land your blade as you're lunging 
towards it. I'm going to say it's like a thrust. So that's uh, 14 to hit. Alright, 14 damage? Yeah. I rolled a 10 plus 4. Um, mm-hmm. Alright, so... Damage. You, like you said, you know, each sword takes a little bit to get used to. But you know that you're going to like this one as soon as you land your first hit. The handle, the hilt rather, feels interesting. Like the leathery, scaly material mm-hmm. is a little bit of a shock at first, but it feels very good and you can feel it biting deep. The wolf kind of shrinks back a little bit, maybe not in fear, but like more in respect, like, okay, I gotta stay wary of this guy. And he whimpers a little bit or growls. I'd like to do um, an action surge to hit, to strike again if I can. Okay. At the same one or at the other one? Uh, at the one I just hit. Okay. Um, and so do I have to roll another attack? Yeah. Uh, roll another D20? Attack roll. Mm-hmm. D20? Yeah. Yeah. This always happens. So that is uh, oh, it's a twelve to hit. Okay, twelve to hit. Unfortunately, is a miss. All right, all right, fair enough. It is a new weapon. Next up, we have Reese. What are you gonna do? Um, Reese sees Diego fighting, and he realizes if even if he doesn't want to fight. The wolves see him as Diego's uh, companion, so they're gonna attack him later after they finish with Diego. So he's gonna start fighting them. Okay. Um, Self-preservation. Mm. Mm. Wonder if we can really trust this guy once we get to Fort Rat. No, no, I'm thinking Only ten. I don't know what these because mean. he knows that if Diego <laughs> dies somehow, they're gonna look at you two, and you guys aren't supposed to be there. You you were dragged. You were accidentally dragged in. Or some place you weren't supposed to be, so they're going to attack you next. So that's actually pretty reasonable for him to want to attack to get out ahead of it. All right. So how are you? Uh, how are you going to attack Saint Reese? Um, I'm going to shoot my short bow. That's your tongue bow? twister. Shoot your short bow. Yeah. Should have chosen a different weapon, right? So okay. You fire, fire your short bow. Roll it. Ten. Ten is a miss. Your arrow just flies wide. Um, it hits a nearby tree. Is that all you can do on your turn? Um, yeah, he sees that the string is wet, so it's kind of hard to shoot. Do you have like a sneak attack or something? If yeah, you have a wet string, you, you do have a your bow at all. <laughs> That's gonna break a fart. It sounds like you said no, break no. a fart. <laughs> So, uh, Nathan. Nathan, you do have a few options here. You have your cunning action. That's something you can do as a rogue. It lets you do a lot of stuff for bonus actions. So if you have an interest in moving closer to one of your companions, moving somewhere strategic, probably can't hide in this environment. But if is there something like that you want to do? Or do you just kind of um, contend with Would I be able to, like, jump on top of the statue so I'm, like, kind of above the fighting? Sure, on, like, the dragon's head or something? Yeah. Okay. Or the so, guy's head. It'd be higher. So you, yeah, easily done. You walk out, or you, you run over, and you jump up, straddling the dragon's head, one foot on the dragon's um, skull, and the other kind of supporting you. And you hold your bow, and you look out over these wolves. Now it's the white one's turn. This wolf... Its um, its eyes are like a golden color, kind of, and and looks at you, Diego, and it says, "This one has some fire. Let us see how you handle this." And it, let's see, it opens its mouth, its gaping maw, and you see as frost begins to form on the edges of its um. What would you call that? It's its snow. mouth? Mouth. The little doggy beard? Snout. On its, yes, on its snout. Frost begins to form, and then, with a howl, it kind of vomits forward, retching out a wave of cold that blasts over you. And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. And Reese, you are in the area okay. too, so you're going to need to make one as well. <clears throat> it says... Okay, so dexterity saving oh, I have plus five. I'm safer. So I've got a 10. 21. So Reese is farther back, so he manages to 
step back, taking cover behind the dragon. Uh, but Diego, you're right there, so it would have been a tall order to actually dodge this thing. So you're gonna take some damage. Alright. Luckily for you, I just rolled pretty terrible, so you take 13 cold damage. Okay. Reese, you take 7 cold damage. Terrible rolls, huh? Yeah, I rolled like two threes and two. Oh. Wait, was it a d6? No, it was a d8, oh. which is worse, so. Yeah, so you guys got off pretty easy from that one. Now it's Cedric's turn. Where are you, Cedric? Well, I'm kind of at the en- entrance to this open the, this open clearing, because I, I, I stayed back when Diego went forward into the center of it. Mm-hmm. So right now, Cedric's just thinking that Diego's the one who got us into this mess, but since he might not be able to get us out, I'll probably have to help. So I'm just gonna see that since this this wolf likes the cold, maybe he'll melt. Okay. <laughs> if it was fire, you should have said cold your jets and use ice spell. No. Uh, that's not a Cedric. That might be a Reese thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Jets, Cedric's man. too refined jets, for such that's a colloquialisms. Bud yeah, but that's a Bud D. Elf saying. I don't even want to remember Bud D. Elf. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's let's go I. with some... Ooh, how about burning hands? I'm going to get both wolves. Okay, so you're kind of behind them. So you walk up and you hold your hands out. You do that little thing where you open like a tear in the air and fire starts to seep out. Then with a thrust of your hands, you throw it forward and it engulfs these wolves. They're gonna make a dexterity saving throw while you roll the damage. I forget the damage. It's 3d6, right? 3d8, I think. 3d8? Or is it 3d6? Isn't that Thunder Wave? <coughs> I think it's 2d6. 2d6, that's what I bet. 2d6. I don't agree to that. I would agree, because it's 3d6. Okay. I'm yeah, they're right the whole time. All right. Burning hand, let's go. Three. Four. Four. That's 11 damage. Okay. One of them rolls a 14 for their save. That succeeds. The other one rolls a 6. That fails. Okay. So, one of them, I'll say that the dark, inky black wolf, he fails his save because he didn't see you as much. And your blast takes him by surprise. This white one is already lunging forward, putting Diego on the defensive, so it's a little more out of the range of your spell, and it takes half damage. So, still, you know, still an impressive attack. So, that was good. You got a surprise attack in. The downside of this is that the inky black wolf turns around, snarling at you, and it stands easily... A couple heads higher than you, Cedric. And you're not a super short person, but this thing is big. And it looks right at you, and it's gonna it's gonna go for you. So that is a What can I do here? I got some options. Oh okay. So it's just gonna go for a bite. It lunges forward. Ooh. But it's a seven to hit, so you see light welling up in its jaws as it lunges at you, a goldenish um, flickering flame, but then you manage to dodge back and it snaps on thin air. Uh-oh. A hellhound. We're back to the top with Diego. So I'd like to use uh, Fighting Spirit. Fighting Spirit, okay. Yeah, so that's going to give me five uh, temporary hit points, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I think you... It should be like uh, equal to your level or proficiency bonus or something. The number of hit points increases when you reach certain levels in this class, so it says increasing yeah. to 10 at 10th level and 15 at 15th level. So you're right, it's 5 points. So it's 5 hit points, so I'm gonna, I'd like to go ahead and use that and increase my hit points. <clears throat> and so that's basically all that does, right? Well, no, it gives you the temporary hit points, five temporary hit points. Yeah, oh, and you have an advantage on a weapons attack roll. Yeah, so okay. all the attacks on your turn have advantage. Okay, so I need to remember that I have advantage now. All right. Okay. So you hold the sword, you give it a little bit of a squeeze as you're trying to steady yourself. Yeah. And you feel the calm rush through you. Yeah. 
I've been I was uh, chilled uh, to the bone from that frost attack, but I feel like um, within me this surge that kind of warms me back up again and gets me um, ready for my next attack. And this one, I'm assuming who who would be which one would be next to me? The white one still. The white one still. So I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna think too much about it. I want to get one of the wolves uh, down if I can. Okay. So I can, so we can be three on one as opposed to three on two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the white wolf is uh, next to Diego, and he grips his uh, king's fall, and he rolls a nine plus six is a fifteen. That hits. That hits. Okay. And so he slashes forward at the white wolf, and um, he he slashes for eight damage. Okay. So again, you just have one of those quick little slashes, and this time you go for like this thing's legs, and it kind of um, jumps back as you strike across it, leaving a trail of blood. Interesting enough, its blood is like a almost like a dark black, maybe like a purplish or bluish color to it, and it leaks onto its fur, kind of staining it. So now we're on to Reese. Reese, what are you gonna do? I'm going to shoot my bow. Okay. What's your roll? Um, 15. 15 does it. 6 damage. Okay. So describe what it looks like. Um, there's a black wolf and he sees a spark escape the wolf's mouth. Then he realizes that it might be able to breathe fire or shoot sparks or whatever. So, um... He aims an arrow at the um, head of the wolf. Okay. Uh, as you shoot the wolf, you land it in the. You manage to land an arrow in the side. Not exactly where you're going for, but as you hit, you see like a golden sparks fly from the point where it hit just for a second. And it illuminates the glossy blue-black fur of this thing. Now, it's uh, it's the the silver wolf's turn. And it's going to look at you, Diego, and it's going to it's going to go for a bite. It's going okay. to bite you. Sounds like a wolf. Yeah. That's what a wolf would do. Okay, this is a pretty solid hit. That's a 19 to hit. Whew. Okay. It's gonna, I'm just going to say it's a good thing you have some of those temporary hit points. That's uh, 11 piercing damage. Ouch. Good thing I've got warding flare. Uh, and it says a few lucky strikes are not what defines a true warrior and now it's on to Cedric's turn ah yes so as I start my turn first I yell to Reese Reese what are you doing over there get down here and help and then after that I say easy boy good doggy good doggy (laughs) Look, it's a bone! And then I have a spiritual weapon. <laughs> Does the spiritual weapon take the form of a bone? <laughs> no. It's a spear again. Okay. No, make it a bone. A bone yeah, that has I a could. sharp point. Okay, so you cast spiritual Which weapon. It materializes near you, and it's a spear, and it's hovering next to you this time. And you gesture, and it stabs forward. Oh, right, you roll your attack roll. So, where's my D? Oh. Um, what'd you roll? A one. I'm gonna use my inspiration though. Natural one. He was bragging the other day about how he never rolls ones. Man, that's... that's, that's, Well, this doesn't count because I have inspiration. And uh, now that's a 14. Okay. 14, that does it. So your spear jabs forward, a lance of light piercing through the darkness. Roll your damage. Fell off. Roll your damage. Let's go. 12. 12 damage. Wait, 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 wait. I have a question, actually. Yeah? Do I add... It says add your spell attack bonus, but my spell attack bonus is plus 5 because it's wisdom. It means modifier. Plus so wisdom is plus 3 for me, so add You're three. sure? Are you, yeah. sh- are you sure you add it to the damage from the spell? I don't think... Yeah, you, you definitely add the damage for this one. It's what? a second level spell. It says okay, add your spell casting ability. Hold on a second. 
Okay, so yeah, it says 1d8 plus your ability modifier, which right. is just your wisdom. Then so that's, that's 10 damage. Okay. So you score 10 damage on this thing, and... That's radiant damage. Yeah, that's one. pretty good. It, um, it shies back a little bit. And then the, uh, it's its turn now. So this hound, it opens its maw to reveal gleaming teeth. You see as the light, it's like a golden fire welling up inside it. Um, something about it does kind of call to you being a servant of Koreska, but it is not the holy light of your god. It is something else. Whether wicked or fiendish, you don't know. That wouldn't be your first guess, but you don't have much time to think as it belches out a burst of golden flame. Make a dexterity save. Can I make a wisdom saving throw? <laughs> no. No, you oh. can't. I have to be smart about this. What should I do? What's the wisest <laughs> way to dodge this stream of fire? <laughs> so oh, let's go roll. Man. Twelve. Ouch. Okay. So wait, wait. Warning flare doesn't do anything, does it? No, no, because this is saving though. So you take. Mm, if you do sixes for this, oh boy, it's like eight d six or something. That's fireball. No, I just rolled. Ooh, this is pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. And I'm dead. Okay, you take twenty-seven fire damage. Whoa! Ooh. I am at eight health. Okay. Oh, you're at and you just. Yeah. Maybe you're a little. Um, a little stunned, a little awestruck by this. By hers on fire. You might be like a little, you know, awestruck, stunned by the display as you watch the fire come out, and it just hits you full on. Um, did you? Okay. Uh, you were one away from succeeding the saving throw and taking half. Are you kidding? And I rolled, I, so I rolled sixty-six fire damage. I rolled two sixes and a five. And then the rest of it was just normal. So, so Diego sees what's going on, and he's uh, wondering why we shouldn't also act like a pack of wolves and um, take one of them out together instead of one going randomly here. So we need to start concentrating on one of the wolves to better our odds. Concentrate on Black Boy. I want to mention... I want to mention, as this wolf lets loose this stream of molten gold, it looks at you and says, Do you think that your power is above rebuke? Even the servants of the gods stand for all that we do not hold. We do not hold the servants of the gods higher as you would like. You are not separate, you are still under our judgment. <laughs> this is the person who is hiding on top of the dragon statue. Hiding out in the open. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's just that's clarify, the wolf isn't hiding on the Yeah, so they can understand the wolf now. Yes, you guys all hear it. It's talking the common tongue of this land. Uh, now we're back to uh, Diego. I got a few healing spells that can heal us all. At the same time. You mean that I can heal you? Oh, well, me first. <laughs> okay, you're on 19 or 20. Uh, 20. Nice. Okay, and then... Let me go with the d10, which I shall roll twice unless I hit a 10. I rolled a 1, so I shall roll again. <laughs> and that is a 6. I'll take that. Yeah, it's a critical, Plus, so you roll it again. You can roll another dice because it's a critical, so you roll 2d10. Okay. Oh, another 6. So I'll take... Oh, no, sorry, that's a 9. Woo! So a 9 and a 6 mm-hmm. is a 15. Plus your uh, damage modifier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, or each one gets plus four? Uh, overall. So that's uh, 19, then. Okay. So 19 damage to this Hound of Winter. And is it? it's trying to push you back, but you just lunge into it with a solid slash right across this thing's face. It kind of turns to take some of it with the shoulder, but you score a good hit. There's a bit of a flare of blue light as... You see this thing knocked back just a step. The wolf says, Well, maybe one who is finally worthy to wield this blade has emerged. There might be more to you, human. And then, um, his 
Reese's turn. Do you want to just stand by as you see that this wolf is backing up for a second? And you hear this, so it might be you just want to take a step back. Maybe help me out. I'm at eight. You, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to attack. You want to rest if you could possibly rest because you are. Is the other one still attacking there. Cedric? So before I continue, I just have to quickly apologize. This audio is being replaced because unfortunately we had some recording issues with our original audio from this episode. It's been taking us a while that we haven't had an episode out in a bit. And that's because I want to make sure that I figure everything out and I want to make sure that I can hopefully make this not a problem again. So, you know, we're working on it constantly. We want to be bringing something good. Unfortunately, you know, just school and other things have made it hard to you know, be consistent as I would like to be, but we're working back towards that. And now that we have a more firmly established plan of what we're doing with this, I think we should be able to get back to some more consistent episodes soon. So uh, until then, thank you for staying with us and we appreciate you listening to our story. Let's get back to that scene and I will It'll be apparent when it's back to the original recording. But I'm going to give a narration, hopefully sum things up in an epic way. So with that said, let's get to it. Moonlight falls into the clearing, illuminating the tense scene. Howling wolves surround this glade. In the middle of this stone glen, Diego Steelsworn and his companions face off against two huge wolves. The silver white wolf is trying to pounce at Diego, but he keeps batting it back with his sword, landing blow after blow, strike after strike, pushing it back, driving it to retreat. This inky black menacing wolf has now turned its wrath on Cedric, who sought to interfere with this trial. And Cedric is trying to ward him off with his spells and his magics and his powers of light but this wolf has done some serious damage. In fact, it's expelled a flaming burst of fire at Cedric. And even as Reese runs over to try to aid him, things are kind of on the ropes here. The, this fight may not last much longer when Diego, on his side, continues to beat down the silver white wolf until finally it gives out a bit of a whimper and backs up. Perhaps we have found one who is worthy to wield the blade of the Reckoner. But first, one last trial. Diego stands there, ready. He still has his guard up. He's kind of not sure what's going on here. He raises his sword as if to resume the fight, perhaps. He motions to his companions to stand down, though. He's remaining on guard. And Cedric and Reese are wary about what they do, but the inky black wolf turns its attention away from them, looking fixating on Diego. Diego stares at this white wolf, and as it opens its mouth and starts to inhale, he hears a rumbling sound coming from within the depths of its chest. And then too late to move, too late to dodge, an exhalation, a frosty breath of wintry energy comes streaming out pouring out of this thing's mouth and in a straight line towards Diego. It's on him in seconds. Diego's holding his sword up in a feeble, pathetic attempt to guard. But then he doesn't feel any cold or pain. Diego looks up. His sword has started to glow. Almost like a blue inner fire flickers along the silvery steel blade. And around the sword, it's almost like an invisible shield. The ice forms a rhyme, it crusts over, starting to crack almost on this invisible barrier, this invisible spectral shield. As the ice starts to form there, Diego stands his ground, placing his feet, screwing them into the ground, and pushing back. And this wolf, the winter wolf, halts the torrent of icy breath streaming out of its maw. Diego in a flash, he withdraws his sword and smashes down the frozen ice, the shell that has hardened on this invisible shield. It smashes to the ground, shattering into a thousand tiny shards of glass-like ice. 
He stands there with the sword still glowing, flickering blue. The wolf looks at him with a newfound respect. Every wolf in the clearing looks at him. Then the inky black wolf comes up. Perhaps we have found the next reckoner, the heir to the blade, one worthy to wield its power and ignite change in the world. Diego stands there. you Diego okay it was an honor to have fought in battle with you please let us go our way we're on a, on a dangerous mission we bid you no harm go your way it was an honor to finally meet another mortal in combat gone are the days when I once fought in your form you were once a human he um the dark wolf he almost grins at you, or has some sort of... You could swear it's like a smile on that huge wolf face. The silvery white one says, Once we were the best of his men. We served the Reckoner. Even in our immortality, our undying state, we still serve him by guarding his image and his sword. Good thing I didn't step on his face. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, you must be on our way. And he says, Hasta la pasta, maybe. La <laughs> <laughs> pasta is one of my favorite Exorian dishes. Oh, pasta, I've never tasted it before. The white wolf just deadpan says, I hate pasta. Okay, uh, thank you for your opinion. We, we should be leaving now. In my days as a knight, I only ate red meat. Only oh, red meat? Yes, you I must have been constipated all the time. <laughs> red meat and whiskey was my diet. <laughs> <laughs> and you leave this glade, this moonlit glade, and you still see the statue there, its hands empty, the foot firmly squashing the dragon, pinning it to the ground. Back to the path, and it seems a little shorter this time. Actually, much shorter. Before long, you reach the gate where you came from. And you head back onto the path. You still see the wolves waiting in the forest, but they don't follow you. They don't pursue you. You walk down, and it seems as soon as you come out that it's bright again. Or as bright as it ever was in this cloudy forest road. And as time passes, um, you all manage to kind of rest a little bit. You're feeling very tired at this point, and it's just about when you think you might have to stop to rest, when you see a gate at the end of this road, the end of the road. And beyond the gate is a hazy, blurry view of some sort of other scene, but it's not the middle of a forest, you can tell that for sure. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's blurry, it's a stone archway, it seems like it's taken care of on this side vines wrap around it and the trees around it and kind of behind it even though the fog hides most of the stuff behind the gate it seems of a different climate a little more scruffy rugged plants so what do you do oh finally the end of this infernal path it took so many shortcuts uh, sorry not shortcuts this is the last time I ever take a path through a dangerous forest, so we can save a couple of weeks. Of course, that sword looks rather nice. We almost got eaten by wild wolves. We'll end it at that, please. Well, excuse me. Okay, we better well, I'm be very, going. I'm very proud of everyone here. We did a good job. We must get out of this forest immediately, though. Yes, before Diego sees another awe-inspiring gate. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, oh, before I see one. Speaking of gates, there's one right in front of us, so let's get going. Indeed. You stride through this gate, and just as soon as you exit, you see you're not in Kansas anymore, nor are you in the gloaming wood. You see what? a... It's from the Wizard of Oz. Oh, 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 oh. 
culturally uneducated people. Kids. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. We're in Colorado. I mean, maybe that looks more like Colorado than Kansas because you see, um, there's a valley, a large open valley. You can see a road running forward. Um, it's midday. <laughs> it's midday. You're still in a. You're at the edge of the woods, you guess. It's not very thick in this area, and you can see the sun shining down. It feels a bit hotter here, too. Um, from this side, the arch is a crumbling ruin, and surrounding it are some other crumbling stone structures, not in enough shape to make any sort of sense. You see are still some pine trees, but there's other trees as well. The general feel you get from this type of environment is it's not as much of a lush forest or a verdant um, natural park as Cyril's landscape was. Um, it's definitely more rugged, there's more bushes, it's hotter. Um, you see the dirt road, like I said, is winding and you're on the, you're to the side of the road, maybe uh, half a mile away. And it's a village? No, there's no village, you're basically in the middle of nowhere. Eyes up ahead, where you could possibly get over it. And you do see at the, um, it's probably a, about a mile or more away, but at this rise, which kind of blocks out the view of the country in front of you, you see a pass where on either side of the road, the there's a hill, it's like a dip in the rise where the road passes through. And to the left side of the road, perched above on an outcropping, is a outpost. It's somewhat small, but you can see it's tall. It looks like it would be used for surveying the landscape around here. Well, you know what they say about the middle of nowhere. Go another half and you're not in the middle anymore. <laughs> of course, I'll be here all week. Mm -hmm. I like that. That is very good. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. You know, you're all right, okay, Cedric? No matter what everyone says. Ah, yes, I learned a lot of dad jokes from someone at the temple. At least that's what he called them. A kind goblin. Uh, you wouldn't know. Paternal jokes. He wouldn't know as Cedric is an orphan. <laughs> that's so um, mean. Yeah. Uh, and it's as you guys are looking out over this view that you hear the faint rustle of and jingle of saddles and horses. And coming around a tree... Obviously no room for it to be hidden. You didn't see it coming around this tree. But you see one of the men who was with the hunting party. And he's leading three familiar looking horses. I excuse me, you left these behind and the Green Lord thought it prudent that I should bring them as well. Uh, ah, who, thank you very much. We left them behind where? The In horses. the forest. In the forest? You left the horses behind at your camp. Oh, why did we do that? Because you, you went into the forest and you guys just kind of forgot. This this is my way of, you know, oh. <laughs> solving that problem. Okay. He says, oh, thank you very much. Should he beat us around the forest? <laughs> he did not. He probably well, teleported. You just, like I just said, he appeared from kind of nowhere behind this tree. For all you know, he took a similar path or something. Okay, okay. Yeah, you don't know. Except for he didn't fight a bunch of wolves. Yes. I want to get a magical sword. I've been looking for my horse, uh, Hondo. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. I haven't named my horse yet. I think I, I did. Thought you named yours was like Cloud. Cloud. No, mine was Dinra. No, yours is already named. I renamed Cloud. it. I bought it. I can do what I want with it. <laughs> Reese actually was the one who didn't name his. Uh, still, I don't know. How about Vanguard? That's Vanguard? Cool. That's kind of cool. That's going to be seems my like dog. The name for a dragon. It seems like a name for an adventuring party, though. I feel like you guys Vanguard. Are Vanguard. Join us for the Vanguard next season of Endless Quest. The dog guards the van. The Vanguard. <laughs> uh, so what do you want to name your horse? Um, Vanguard. Okay. So, uh, he says, Here are, are your, these are your horses, I believe. Um, this one's name, I believe, is Cloud. Not, no, I renamed it. It's Dinral. I knew something seemed off about the name. Uh, and this is Vanguard, I believe. Yes. And you, is, is Hondo your horse? Of course, Hondo, come here, come on. Come on, Hondo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the horses come to you, and he says, Hope your journey was pleasant as mine was. 
Well, it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, we we may talk more about it later, but right now we must get going. I am starving. I need a little bit of uh, beer, you know, some sort of ale <laughs> and a steak and some broccoli or something. Of course. Well, have a nice day. And yes, he... thank you for bringing the horses. Ah, yes, thank okay. you very much. I bid thee adieu. He walks past. He walks into the woods, and you look. Eventually, he passes a tree, and when he should come out on the other side, he's just gone. Uh, you proceed down into the road, I'm assuming? Remember, there's this outpost up ahead. Yes. What are you doing about that? Into the road. Uh, well, um, uh, so, Cedric, how are you feeling? Uh, you look like you're, uh, very low. I feel like I got torched by a giant... Wolf. Yes, your, your eyebrows are singed just a bit. Ah, uh, yes. Maybe I'll cure myself, cure my wounds. Uh, real quick. Okay. Just continue and I'll find it. Yeah. You're, you're, we're riding on our horses right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the outpost could um, possibly be uh, manned. Yeah. Um, but you said it's more like a maybe a survey uh, post. Yeah, it looks like a lookout post, kind of. Oh, well. And uh, Reese, I'm going to have you make... I feel like you'd be the best suited for this. Make me a history check, just to see what you can remember about this area. Plus one. This Roll isn't going to be well. Eleven. What was that? Eleven. Eleven? Yeah. So with an eleven... You don't know a lot about Fort Wrath, but you do know that's pretty powerful. It's like a, it's almost like a city-state of sorts. You know that, um, it's like a haven for criminals and bandits and stuff. It's the only place where they have a sort of law and code that they abide by. From what you know the basics, um, any sort of person on the run from the law might go there to seek refuge. And the rules are simple, they have to give a cut of what they make if while they're based at the fort, to the ruler, who you know as King Arvin Ironscar. And they also have to um, abide by a few other simple rules, don't kill each other, stuff that prevents it from falling into anarchy. Uh, but you don't know, this fort could be, um, it could be manned by the West Reach army or military, or it could be part of Fort Wrath, or it could be someone else, you don't really know. Maybe we should just bypass the area. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Don't need to get in any well, trouble. There's a danger camera in the barrel. Well, at least until we rest up, we can kind of like um, do some scouting of our own. While walk up or you know trot up with our horses onto an unknown, um, you know, probability. Especially after we're fresh from a difficult fight. Yeah. Yeah. Just put this on the map for a later side quest. So you. Um, skirt this area for now. It's going to take a little bit of riding to get around this hill, but you camp on the far side, maybe about a mile or so away from this outpost, and as it starts to become evening and night, you set up a little camp. Uh, what do you do? Are we upwind or downwind of this uh, of this outpost? Where's the wind? Uh, I don't know. Let's say evens is downwind, odds is upwind. Wait, that's odds. Because so you're upwind of it. So that so that means that um, if we start a fire, they might smell the smoke. Uh, yeah. But yeah. they'd smell their own smoke. They'd be they might see the smoke too. <laughs> yeah, they might see the smoke. Uh, let's just use some of my light. All right. Okay, my. You can't cook over. We need to set up camp, and then we need to learn from our mistake Excellent. and have one person be the lookout that's not going to just run off. It's not me. Reese. So Diego will be the first lookout. I can be, because I have dark vision. Oh, I should be in the middle of the night, because I have dark have vision. dark vision. I do. He no, does. 60 feet. Okay. So Diego, oh. taking that first watch. Uh, the others, you guys kind of lean up against... Uh, Reese, you kind of sit on like an old stump. Uh, Cedric, you lean against a log. <laughs> You lean against what? A, a log. log. You have a light spell cast on a rock, which you kind of place in the middle of your campsite. And with the horses firmly tied to a nearby tree... Diego uh, brings out his bundle of jerky. Yeah. Diego starts snacking as he's on watch. I got my dried fruit. Yeah. So, uh, as you are 
kind of just hanging out on your watch. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, like any adventure worth of salt, you're going to examine the coolest thing you have in your possession right now. Yeah, he's looking at it right now. He's making sure he's got his eyes peeled, but one one eye is peeled, the other one's uh, uh, glued to the, uh, the, the sword that he has, and it feels great. And he's yeah. wanting to know just the, the ins and outs of it. He's polishing it a little bit. And, you know, he's seeing the heft of it. And he wants to make sure he's very acquainted with it. Yeah. So, just like a child after Christmas, you are looking at every single feature of this new mm-hmm. weapon, toy, whatever you want to call it as a knight. It is not a toy. <laughs> it's a tool. It's King's Fall. It's precious. So, you look at it, and you notice kind of a few things that stand out. And it... These are some of the things that stood out to you originally. As of a normal longsword, the blade is very sharp. It also has an interesting shine to it. It's not a clear reflection exactly, but it's very, it's very clean. It always seems to gleam a little bit, even if there's not a whole bunch of light. Not like it's glowing, but it is very uh, shiny. It also has a little bit of a bluish tinge to the blade, almost like the moon on a cold night. Um, you also notice that the handle, the handle was something that kind of bugged you earlier. You couldn't figure out what it is. And you're still not exactly sure. It's a bluish scaly leather. You would guess like it came from a lizard or something. It feels very hard and thick. The scales are big too. Hmm. Um, in fact, make me a investigation check for the whole sword. Okay. Hondo is uh, my dog. My my horse Hondo is uh, <laughs> chewing on some grass as I'm doing this. By the way, and I rolled an eighteen. Um, eighteen. That's pretty good. So you're looking at this, and it feels a little ridiculous. Um, as you and basically everyone else who hasn't lived under a rock their whole life would know, in Alteros, the dragons haven't been seen in centuries. In fact, ever since the aftermath of the War of Desolation, that great conflict in which light versus dark, evil versus good, pitted even the gods against each other, dragons haven't been seen since shortly after this conflict. Anything more than that has been like a Bigfoot sighting. Oh, it's a dragon in the area, and everyone kind of, you know, doesn't really believe it. And you are forced to believe that unless there's some sort of other plausible explanation, this leather looks a whole lot like per- looks a whole lot like a bluish dragon hide. And it's just, you know, short strips covering the handle, so it's not a huge part of it, but that, for one, strikes you as really strange because dragons were huge great beasts that most didn't even think about interacting with or even challenging, let alone slaying and taking its hide for a sword. So that's one thing that makes you kind of, you have a double take. Um, you also notice that the blade has a few runes carved in it, just patterns. Nothing you understand, just etched with patterns. The handle is pretty simple, and it is it does feel kind of heavy, but it doesn't feel unwieldy. It's like it has a good weight to it. You could do some damage with this thing. And as it, you continue into the night, you also notice that when you focus intently on it, or when you hold it, maybe you're doing some practice drills, it glows with a blue light. Mm. And you notice as you kind of work with it and become more attuned to how it works that you can control the light, mm. cause it to glow or to not glow. Is it from my... <coughs> does Diego... <coughs> does Diego um, realize that it glows? Um, dependent on his effort of the swing or from more of a mentality? It's more of a mental thing. Like, if you try to get it to glow, it will glow. You can't exactly explain it. Okay. So, you kind of just pass the night like that. Um, and you guys are camped in, like, a bit of a hollow. There's some bushes and trees around. It's a pretty sheltered area. So, you pass your watch, and Cedric, you wake. You wake Cedric up. Cedric! It's time to switch over. Uh, yes, indeed. And I had a wonderful nap. Yes. So well, thank said, you. It's your turn. I'm going to. I'm going to hit the hay. Uh, good night. Cedric, you arise and you get up and 
your light spell has gone out, so you light another one. And you kind of look around. What are you doing on your watch? Uh, just experimenting with a few things. Casting a few sacred flames on rocks around me. Maybe fi- fire bolts, ward of radiance, okay. things like that. Just experimenting with some cantrips. You notice that your stuff does feel a little bit stronger. It's strange, like it has extra kick to it. All your magic actually seems a little bit more powerful. You feel like more of a connection when you ever you use it. You feel like it's, it's like another step you've taken in your journey as a priest or something. You just feel so much better, so much more powerful. And you're more precise, too, with your spells. And Diego said before he went to sleep, he said, Make sure not to uh, set the forest on fire, okay? Yes, Diego, of course. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, you pass the rest of your watch pretty uneventfully. You ruminate on a few things that have been bugging you. You think about this dark cult and the little you know of it, and how even this ancient Arkfey seemed to have some idea of what you were talking about. And you think of your missing high priest, your head um, cleric of the Temple of White Hill, Evander Brightwood. He told you to go west, and you're still not really sure why. Was he wanting you to chase down this lead on this cult? Was he somewhere in the west? Was he at Fort Rath? Fort Rath? You don't know. But yeah, you pass the rest of the night thinking, and Reese, it's your turn. Reese! Reese, get up. You're sleeping like a halfling. <laughs> I am one. Madness. All the halflings yeah. ever think about eating and eating and eating and then smoking and then eating some more. Uh, why did you do that? You're going to wake up. halflings in the east. Uh, in the west. Well, whatever. Those shire hobbits, or I mean halflings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Reese, you get up. Uh, good night. And Reese, you're just um, hanging out doing. What roguish things would you be doing to pass time? Um, <laughs> um, I find some deer poop and what? put it in Cedric's sleeping bag. <laughs> what? How do you do that? I'm already in my sleeping bag. Yeah, I, I can picture like Reese, you know, getting the cup of warm water and putting Cedric's hand in it. <laughs> my <laughs> passive perception is at 15, so you'd have to be very sneaky. You're sleeping! Yeah, so... Uh, but isn't he like a half-elf? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a very sleeping. light sleeper, even though I'm not an elf. Full elf. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, uh, Reese, you're passing the time and you're taking your daggers and you're juggling your daggers. And you feel very dexterous tonight, like, you noticed in your some of your shots and the things you were doing, you felt more aware and in control during combat. And especially during this last thing, you feel like you're getting better at keeping your composure, doing your thing. And this all is marking the fact that you guys have now reached fifth, fifth level. You have an extra attack. Ooh, finally! That means you can use your action surge and do. If you do action surge and fighting spirits, that's four attacks with advantage on one turn. Oh wow! I'm gonna have to get used to doing that. So I don't ask so many questions. Yeah. Okay, Alrighty. so the night passes mostly, and it's about uh, probably two or three in the morning when Reese, with your um, newfound enhanced, you know, perception and stuff, you and um, you're on watch, you're kind of walking around, maybe ranged a little farther from the camp, when you hear horses' hooves shaking the ground in the distance. Why does this always have to happen? Why do things like this always happen when I'm on? I don't know. Why are you walking around? The last person on on guard duty. Last time was the first t- person I nearly got killed. Uh, don't argue with destiny, Reese. I get goes by another name, wait. the dungeon master. So, oh wait, wait, wait! I have fireball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I seem to recall. Uh, Reese had this secret messaging thing. From earlier episodes, that was uh oh the journal, yeah, yeah. Has the dungeon master thought about what's going to happen with that yet? I mean, I'm kind of seeing if Reese Reese is also the type to maybe open up a conversation with that. Does Reese know his backstory yet? Reese <laughs> should know his backstory, as I've told him many times. <laughs> uh, so, have you? That is a good question. Before we have this kind of scene happen, have you been looking at that journal, Reese? Um, yes, most of the time when he's 
like on guard or whatever, on watch for. When he doesn't have any people, any eyes on him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, when he doesn't have any eyes on him, um, he'll check in to see if there's anything written in it, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't write back? Okay. Well, there has been nothing so far. It's, uh, like I said, it's about three o'clock in the morning when you hear horses hooves and you quickly scurry back to camp. So what would a person on, on lookout do when they hear horses approaching? Diego, Cedric, oh. I hear horses approaching. Oh, uh, uh, what, what? Not again. <laughs> at least I can use this new spell. I found it out last night. It's like a huge explosion of fire. He was practicing that in the forest last night. Okay, everyone, <laughs> grab, uh, grab everything. Turn off the lights, Cedric. Turn off the ah, lights. Yes, yes. So you take your horses and... Remember like I said, you guys are kind of in a hollow, a thicket, and so you are actually in a pretty stealthy place. You take the horses and you lead them to the back of this area, extinguishing the light. Um, Reese, you scramble into the bushes um, and the on one side of this kind of hollow. It's like a dip in the ground, so you guys are kind of hidden at the low point. While Reese, you're scrambling up to the top to see what you can see. The rest of you are standing there trying to keep Hondo and Cloud and Vanguard quiet. That didn't rile. No, didn't rile. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The fire dragon. Living in Zelda. So, Reese, you scramble up to the side of this um, hollow, and you see about probably 50 yards away from you, you see the clatter of horses' hooves. You see um, creatures running through the dark. It appears to be mounted warriors. They look like humanoids. Maybe large and bulky, but you can tell that's also because they're wrapped in furs and armor and whatever. Some of them are carrying large weapons, tribal-looking things like um, carved from wood clubs, um, a stone axe. It's hard to get the details in the dark, but you can see them as they gallop past. And you do catch... Make me a perception check. Me? No, Reese. Uh. 16. What? 18. Okay. So that's pretty good. You notice that, uh, for one thing, you notice that one of them is riding what looks like a large dog, or a kind of wild dog, or a possibly some sort of wolf, hyena thing. You don't exactly know. You notice that. You notice also a smell in the air. It's the smell of smoke. And you can smell just a hint of smoke, and you look over and you see... In the distance, against the faint moonlight spiraling up as a column of smoke from where that outpost was. And you hear a few guttural grunts and laughs, indistinct conversation as these riders pass. There's probably about a dozen or two dozen of them. And they disappear into the night, not bothering you guys. Hmm. You're still huddled in the hollow. I wonder if that outpost was a potential ally and they just got attacked. Hmm. That is disturbing. It's either that or it's either that or it's part of them and that group just left there. What? Either way, they didn't see us so we must keep going and we may have to go in the dark. They will not uh, probably see us if uh, we're directly behind them. Let's go on our way and not be noticed. Yes, and I can see well in the dark. Okay. And it's just about this time you guys are maybe preparing to leave. They've probably passed like a minute or two on, and Reese, you're kind of scrambling um, over to the side so you can get a better look at them. And then you hear again the clop of some sort of hooves. And you see what looks like a huge horse with Somewhat monstrous features, almost. And atop it is what looks like a huge orc. And it looks around, kind of sniffing in the wind. And Reese, you're ducked behind a rock, a large rock, which is surrounded by some bushes. And you feel like it just looked towards you as you duck down. Uh, roll me a stealth check. Um, 18 plus 5. Okay. 
you hear as the orc um, slowly walks the horse around, and then with a kick to the rein, with a kick to the horse's flank and a snap at the reins, it charges on into the night. That was a close one, Reese. You're supposed to be better lookout than that. He almost saw you. Yes, we should be more careful next time. I was looking out, but he was too. What part of lookout says don't look and hide? What? It's these days. Uh, this uh, this Reese, I like his moxie. He uh, he, he just called me a kid. Uh, he he knows what he's he knows he's joking. Uh, you know, I think I like you even more now, Reese. And that's... But don't do that again! <laughs> <laughs> and that's where to end our episode for the day. Ooh. Kind of age. How, how old is all the characters? About, um... In his mid-twenties, 24. Okay. Diego, I think, is probably... Let's say 40. 40, okay. 35, 40 years old. Yeah. I had him yeah, pegged about mid-30s. And uh, Reese, you're probably actually the oldest, maybe. <laughs> Reese is probably around at least 40. I'm 34. You're 34? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. He's lived a rough life. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he looks like he's middle-aged. <laughs> Being a pirate on a pirate ship for a few years might just do that to you. That explains a few of the gray hairs in his beard. That's all for tonight's session of endless of the endless quest. Um, I have a few announcements to make, a few things to run through. Uh, first of all, I always forget to mention this, even though if you've been looking, it's in the episode description, the show notes. So kudos to the, you, those of you who have actually been paying attention to that. What is uh, an actual kudo? I wonder. Huh? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one of those uh, kudos. Yeah, you like them baked, fried, or boiled. Uh, tell me more about this kudo, though. Uh, what, uh, what link is this? So, I, though not in a while, I had, in the past year or so, created a few DMs Guild products. For those of you who don't know, DMs Guild is a website where D&D fans can publish and create their own stuff, and other people can buy it. So, I made a few things, and... My best work, I believe, is Evard's Encyclopedia of Magic, and it's a book of spells. There's a lot of original spells. Some of them are tweaked on other spells that are already existing, but to give them new flavor or new theme. There's a lot of options for every single class, subclass. I made sure that everyone gets something new, because I don't like the classes that only have like a few spells to choose from. That's why there's more paladin spells, ranger spells. Everyone gets something out of this book. So. If you're interested, if you want more spells like this... Cleric spells? There are cleric spells. Ooh. There's um, ranger spells. There's even new monk way of the four elements disciplines. So there's a lot of options in there for everyone. If you're interested, there'll be a link in our description. Uh, there should be a few more opportunities. If you are one of the next few people to buy this book, you'll get a 10%, I believe it's 10% discount on the book. But this might not last, so if you're listening a year in the future, you know, when we're insanely popular, I'm sorry, it's probably out, guys. <laughs> There'll be another giveaway by, by that time. Catch up. Catch up. Uh, other announcements. We have some great music, so thank you to Zapsplat Audio and Nihilor.com for providing some of the soundtrack for this. I believe that's Nihil. It come, comes from the Latin word Nihil, or nothing. Okay. Wait. That means nothing war. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, beyond the Latin dissection, um, also you can give us reviews, five star ones to be specific. Um, <laughs> yeah, give us a review and we'll even read it on the show. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. It depends on what you write. Write something complimentary. Hey, give us five thumbs up. Hey, yeah. give, Wait, us what? Thumb- <laughs> give us a five star if you liked my rap. Yes, if you like Nathan's rap. Um, just do a five star. If you want um, Nathan to rap, then just ask for that in the review and he will rap for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go leave a five star review. Go leave a rating on any other platform that you use. If you use Spotify, you can answer a QA about 
these episodes, it's a fun opportunity to interact with us, with us, the cast members. And if you have an interesting answer, we'll even discuss it on the show itself. So go do that. You can also send in a voice message for the same idea, I believe. Yeah, go. There are always ways to interact with us on these different platforms. So make the most of that. But yeah, that's all for now. Until next time, my players were... Eric playing Diego, Diego Steve Swan, TTFN. Nathan playing Reese Gilden, TTFN. And David playing Cedric Maestra. Adios. TTFN. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Au revoir. The Endless Quest. Arrivederci. <laughs> I wish I knew other languages. Ciao. Bonus Vesna. Ciao, bro.